This is being taped, so we'll do as they asked. Welcome to the Right Relationships Result of Working Steps 5 and 9 workshop. My name is Sharon T., and I am a compulsive overeater. Hi, and your moderator for this meeting. Would those who care to please join me in a serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Before we get started, I have asked a friend to read the 12 steps of OA. My name's Annie. I'm a compulsive overreader in Bulimic. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made a direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. We ask that you shine, sign the speaker release form up here because this is being recorded. Thank you. While we're waiting, I want to announce that there are still tickets available for the dinner and keynote speaker this evening over at registration, and there are still tickets available for the breakfast buffet tomorrow morning. We ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off at this time. This session is being taped, and anyone wishing to share will be required to sign the speaker release form before sharing. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. The opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. An Ask It basket will be circulated for the question and answer portion of the session. If you enjoy this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the tapes table to order copies of this session or any other session. They are available on CD or as an electronic download. The format of this this session is as follows. Three speakers will share for 20 minutes each, 
followed by 10 minutes of questions and answers, finishing up with 10 minutes of open pitching. I would like to ask you to help me welcome our three speakers this afternoon. That would be Susan W., Alice, and Z. And Susan, would you start us off by sharing about right relationship? Thank you. Um, If we could diverge just for a second and say the serenity prayer, that would be totally awesome. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Well, I want to thank all you guys for being here. Um, You are part of my chain of recovery Um, Prior to coming to OA, my life was a little small. Um, It had a lot of food and not a lot of life. And there's a section in the big book on page 52 that talks about bedevilments, and it has a question or a statement that we were not able to make a living. And a lot of times when I would read that passage, I thought of it in terms of making a living, getting a paycheck, so on and so forth, which, of course, it applies to that. But really, I think of it now in terms of the spiritual quality of making a life. Overeating took away my ability to make a life that I wanted to live. And it messed with every relationship I had, even though at the time, I didn't know that to be the case. Um, I knew about OA from a pretty early age. A family member came into recovery when I was maybe 11 or 12. So I actually started my OA career in a babysitting room while the adults were in the front having OA meetings. And what I remember of that time is that um, my adult really blossomed. They got better. I also remember that they drank diet sodas by the gallon, and they smoked like beans. But people were so happy. There was just such an enthusiasm for life. And they liked each other. And when they walked into a room, you would hear, how you doing? And squeals of delight, you know, when they saw one another. And that's what relationships are about. They're about the joy in our life. And my relationships weren't like that because I was quite busy fitting people into their roles. You know, I had a role, and it seemed my role was to get you straightened out. And so when I first came into program as an adult, um, I weighed 235-ish pounds. Um, I was 25 years old. And even with the little bit of background I had with 12 Steps, I still thought, I just need to come in, lose the weight, and then I'm out of here. And I might not have come at all if... I hadn't been asked by someone. My mom had left our family when I was younger, and she was going to OA, and she asked me to come. And frankly, if she had asked me to go to Siberia, I would have bought a ticket. I was just so thirsty to reconnect with that primary relationship. And so thank God she wanted to come to OA because then my own recovery could unfold. And when... I looked at OA, like I said, it was more about, well, I'll do this, I won't do that, I'll do this, I won't do that, I'm going to pick and choose. I could understand I was powerless over food, but I could manage my life, and I could manage yours as well. 
And so for me, learning through the steps, and it's taken a long time and a lot of years to come in, um, I would like to say that I have back-to-back 20-some-odd years of abstinence. I do not. Um, I came into OA as an adult on the 27th of February, 1987. I had a huge binge. It was a leap year on the 29th. I just ate like a crazy woman. And on March first, God saw fit to relieve me of the food for a while. And I worked um, kind of an OA light. I got my first sponsor. I began to work the steps. Um, but I was young and I just wanted to get through it so I could get to the good stuff. You know, I didn't really have a grasp of how sick I was. Like food was my solution. I, when I let the food go, then I had a million problems start to bubble up to the top. And, um, and things that didn't bother me used to bother me. Um, even more things that never bothered me before became more apparent. I mean, it just, I was becoming a wreck because I wasn't eating anything I wanted anytime I wanted. Because, see, I used to think I was in charge of the binging. I thought I wanted to do this. My best fantasies of bathing suits and thinness and fabulousness came while I ate at night. Because I'm just eating now. I'm going to be better tomorrow. I'll put a lid on this tomorrow. And now how does this all go back to relationships? Well, I had a sick relationship with food. I had a sick relationship with my feelings. I wanted to compartmentalize everything. My life wasn't unmanageable because I could write my car note. I paid the rent on time. The paycheck got direct deposited every two weeks. My life looked good on the outside. Who cared if I weighed 235 pounds? Um, Well, I started to care, and I started to be miserable, and I wanted to be with my mom. So OA found me again. And it wasn't until I started working those steps, even in a light way, that I could see that there was a lot of work to be done. You know, and doing that first four step, I sat in the parking lot of a meeting house in Santa Monica, California, and I read my fifth step to my then sponsor in her Honda Accord. And we sat there, and she listened without judgment, without any sort of feedback until I was finished. It took like 15 minutes. I had not written a very long four-step. I didn't know how. The beauty of this program is if I keep coming back, I get to go deeper and deeper and deeper. And generally speaking, whether I want to or not. Because if I want to stay stopped, the big book tells me I have to keep going or the food's going to come back. And so... When it talks about the four-step, so many of us get paralyzed, I think, by the idea of writing all that down and really looking and writing. And But to me, the fifth step was where the pavement and the tire met because then I had to tell another person. And I read a passage in the big book in kind of preparation for this weekend, and it literally says a solitary self-appraisal is insufficient. Because I'm an addict, so I lie to myself. I'm always going to coat 
whatever went wrong with a little bit of veneer so that it goes down easier in my memory. You know, I'm never really going to want to take full responsibility for anything that might come up in a ninth step because, well, you had a part too, you know? So that makes my relationships suffer. It makes my relationships with people suffer, my employers suffer, with the world suffer, and it only makes my relationship to food get worse. So a solitary self-appraisal. I need a witness. I need someone to tell me, oh, that's not the worst thing I've ever heard. I've done that too. I need someone, when I ask for feedback, to tell me, yeah, that's kind of bad. You know, I need some honesty. You know, I need someone to say, I, you know, you might feel that's bad, but it's not something you can't get over. You did a one, two, three, and four with God in your pocket. When I go to five, God doesn't leave the building. God goes to five with me. And when I do that fifth step and I ask myself that question, where have I done to the person I resent the same exact thing? Or where have I done that thing they've done to me to someone else? All of a sudden I realize I'm just one of a lot of people. Like when someone hurts my feelings, have I never hurt someone else's feelings? You know, probably I have. I talk all the time without thinking. It's not a practice I endorse. You know, the 12 steps cures that as well. And so sharing someone with someone, something I thought, I shared something on a fifth step with someone who I didn't know very well. There's something to be said to having a witness that doesn't know you very well. I hadn't even shared it with my sponsor. That was a weight I carried for like 18 or 20 years in this program. Because I hadn't come completely clean. And sharing that with her, I mean, literally, it's like I walked out of her home probably three inches taller. Because my take it to the grave secret had been disclosed in my fifth step. This allowed me to walk onto the playing field of my life as an equal to other people. It allowed me to somehow let go a little bit of food quantity. Because, you know, I'm abstinent, but I want that pad. You know, that bigger dinner is still part of the repertoire. But somehow in doing that step work in such, she asked me when I walked in the door, is there anything you're not going to tell me today? (laughs) And then we got down to me reading her a resentment inventory, a fear inventory, and a sex inventory. And then when we were all done, eight hours later, no 15 minutes that time, when we were finished, she said, is there anything else you're not telling me? Well, I told it all. And so when I left, I was three inches taller and my dinner was smaller. That's the benefit of working a fist up. I have a relationship with my mom today that I never thought possible because of fist up. My fifth step led directly in to the ninth step because I said, what are the harms? You know, my fears 
the exact nature of my wrongs are what drive this lie, this story I tell myself so I look better. You know, so I have this story. So then I have this attitude based on the lie and the, the fear behind it. So this story then drives this attitude that somehow you're not quite acting right. Or maybe those people who are running this or that don't know how to do it that well. And if they only listen to me. So then I have this attitude. Well, that is me stepping on the toes of my fellows. And when I step on the toes of my fellows, they're going to retaliate. So then I got fear, lie, delusion, attitude, and then my action is the toe stepping. You know? And my actions are what I have to make amends for. Gratefully, I don't have to make amends for my thoughts. That is such a blessing in this program. You know? Any ill will I've harbored against any person, place, or thing does not need an amends. But my amends are for my actions. So my fifth step, shared honestly, showed to me. My witness didn't show to me. My hard work and sharing of it showed to me what my eighth and ninth was going to come from. So my ninth step then is to go to the people that I have harmed which sounds horrible because I think, you know, like maybe I hurt your feelings, but harm sounds horrible. You know, hurting someone's feelings, oh, yeah, I didn't apologize on time or I was late to an appointment and, or I disregarded that, you know, they don't like a certain thing. But harm sounds like, oh, gosh, like maybe I purposely did something to you. And uh, going to them and saying this is the exact thing that I've seen that I've done to you Do you know of anything else I've done to you? Is there anything you need to tell me about what's happened here? And how can I make this up to you? How can I amend my behavior? That's an amend. I can apologize all day long. I apologize to the clerk at the store for not being ready with my purchases. I need to make amends to the people that I have habitually belittled because of my judgment character defect that I have disregarded because they don't know as much as I do, you know? So my five and my nine actually teach me through looking at my own problems that other people have problems too. And they aren't after me. They're not trying purposefully to hurt my feelings or to neglect me. Or to control me, because I'm not. My own step work has said that I'm not doing this because I want to. It's a fear-based thing. And when you take away the food, my solution, I have to deal with the problems that the food was covering up. And I wasn't in charge of the food either. The food was in charge of me. So were these fears. These fears were in charge of me. So... I can't believe that today I look forward to being with people that I used to run the other direction from. Like, I look forward to spending time with people that previously I thought had done me grievous harm. And come to find out through my fifth step and ninth step that, well, maybe the harm they did wasn't so bad. 
And even if it was, God has shown me a way to be forgiving. Because I need forgiveness. You know, I've done things that were, you know, maybe really bad and maybe not so bad. But I need to be forgiven for the small and the big. And my ninth step says that even if you don't forgive me, the big book says I dumb my side of the street. Because some people might not be able to disregard something that they... I mean, I carried resentments in the Samsonite for years. If they're not ready to be over it just because I am, they're entitled. And so to be free of mass quantity of, of food, to enjoy the people in my life just as they are. Like, no one told me when I got into OA that I would lose weight and misery. Because I didn't know I was miserable. I thought the weight was the misery. And don't get me wrong, it's nice to fit in an airline seat. You know, I'm happy to fit in the movie seat. I'm happy to be able to open my car door and get out of those little tiny spaces they make for the parking lots. But at the same time, that is the icing on the recovery cake, the physical recovery. The fact that when the family gossip starts, I can back out of it is because of a ninth step. Because, you know, I don't want to make another ninth step. And, you know, they tell me I can't keep apologizing for the same thing because then I haven't amended anything. If I keep apologizing to you for the same behavior, I have not amended a thing. And I need to make amends. I need to make amends to myself by eating well, by praying and meditating, by working the steps, by being in meetings, by sponsoring, by being sponsored, by taking direction. You know, this program has saved my life. I might not have been dead, but I wouldn't have joy. I wouldn't love my brother because, well, he's not around and he doesn't help with the parents. You know? I don't know why I think my parents need help. They're doing just fine. (laughs) You know? Because I'm living in the future. I'm always trying to head off things of the past. You know? That's what makes me want a big lunch is because I'm foreseeing a problem. My fifth step and my ninth step just say, oh, you know, everything's okay today. You know? Take a breather. You know? I have looked at everything I need to look at right now, and if I do a tenth step every day... And it says right in my 10th step, have I not spoken to something that I needs being told to someone else? Which right there is a little mini five. You know, if something's going on in my 10th step, it tells me right there, give someone a call. Don't keep it a secret. You know, my secrets are like a rock in my shoe or a Dorito bag in my shopping cart. You know, those are my secrets. And I can't live with those very long. They say that there's like a moderate eater and a hard eater and a compulsive overeater. Well, I crossed into compulsive as a kid. And sometimes the reasons are unimportant, you know. But if I don't do the work, I'm never going to be free of the food. I have a relationship with my husband that I think he would like better now. He has a lot more freedom. He has a way nicer life. Now that I'm not trying to control every aspect of it. Now that I'm not saying, could you run to 7-Eleven and get this? I would eat and he would go fetch. What kind of relationship is that? That's not like an adult grown-up relationship. And so making amends to him 
for that was quite humbling. And to have a life free of behavior that I'm always constantly ashamed of, oh my gosh. If someone had said to me, you'll be smaller and you won't walk around with the anvil of shame hovering right over your head all the time, I wouldn't have believed it was possible. I was always the imposter. They're going to figure me out. Some, they're going to know that I'm not who I say I am because I couldn't be who I wanted to be until I worked the steps. A higher power, a fellowship, some step work, and I can't say enough how happy I am to have you guys in my chain. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much, Susan. That was very inspirational. We will put out a reminder to turn off all cell phones. No, I'm teasing. This is Joanna's keeping the timer for us. Susan, would you care to share your experience? I'm sorry, Alice. Would you care to share your experience, strength, and hope with us? Thank you. I'm Alice, a compulsive overeater. And... um, I'd like to, you to say a serenity prayer again, too, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. I'm glad to be here today. Um, this is bit That's overwhelming. <laughs> she did really. Oh, wow. Um, I'm, I'm in the presence of some people that really know their program. I uh, came to OA, um, we had the same poundage. I was like 140 pounds, <laughs> 240 pounds, I mean. And um, I was uh, I was doing fine, you know. Um, just had back surgery, and it was a year later, and I was still the same weight. And no matter what I did, I couldn't lose a pound. I couldn't lose an ounce. I could, And I was doing all kinds of things, exercise, just everything. And um, one of the girlfriends of mine, this is a relationship I had, and she said, um, Alice, I've been bulimic. She was my eating buddy. I didn't know she was bulimic. And so she never gained weight, but I did. (laughs) And so when she asked me to go to a meeting with her, she said, "Um, would you go to a meeting with me? And I says, well, I looked behind me, and I said, yeah, I got some weight I could lose there, you know. And I'm carrying around, and um, I was having trouble with my knees. I was having trouble with with a lot of things. I, I wasn't overeating at that time. I was maintaining 240 pounds. <laughs> I was not going up. I was maintaining. <laughs> and so um, we looked at the communique we have in Orange County, and in, in, uh, in the middle of our, our uh, communiques, all of our meetings. And um, I looked up, and it was, it was Thursday morning when we looked up the meeting, and Friday morning, next door to my house in the church, next door to my house, <laughs> was an OA meeting. And I said, oh, my God, thank you, God. Okay, God, I got the plan. I got the message. And so we went over, we walked over, and, um, you know, she passed away um, two years later, but I got to go to OA, and I didn't want to leave. And I thought that if I just do all the things that they said, it was a how meeting, and it was a, a how with, uh, it was an OA meeting with how, um, Yeah, concepts, the how concepts. And so um, I just learned all the rules. I learned everything they did. I just learned what they said and all that. And I thought, this is it. And um, so I went home, and um, they said, and who are the sponsors? It was like 35 people there. 
And four people stood up that they were sponsors. And then they said, and who's taking newcomers? Nobody stood up. And so I says, well, next week, you know. And I kept going to these two meetings that were um, close to my house and um, saying they're both how concepts. And I kept going. And uh, 45 days later, well, 30 days later, the girl that came in the same day as me, not my friend but another girl, she got flowers, she got recognition, and she finished her three steps, three steps, and she had 30 days abstinent, and I was getting nothing. <laughs> and I was so miserable. So I um, waited another 15 days of this, trying to, I, I was eating three meals a day, I was calling three people a day, week, a day, I was going to three meetings a week, I was doing all these things that I thought was the answer to, to, um, to my problem. But I was doing it alone, and I didn't have a close relationship with anyone in that meeting. And what happened was um, I went to the meeting, and they said, any comments? And I said, yes. And I start crying. I said, I've been here 45 days, and I haven't been able to get a sponsor because nobody will take new people. And I was in tears. I went to other meetings, but I didn't want a sponsor from those meetings. I wanted a sponsor. <laughs> I wanted what I wanted. It was one, th- one of my defects. And um, so all four of those women came up to me and said, I'll sponsor you. Well, I had one picked out, <laughs> and uh, she had been in another 12-step program as long, almost as long as I was, like over 30 years, and so um, I wanted her, and you know, I didn't know anything about discipline, I didn't know anything, I, you know, I raised eight children, so I had to have some kind of discipline, I didn't kill any of them or run away from home, so I had some kind of discipline, but um, I did end up, uh, she never had children, she, she was married, but she never had children, she, I was from 11 children, she was an only child. So your sponsors don't have to actually match up with you. And so what happened was she um, told me to call her at 7 in the morning. And I, one day called her five minutes to, because I wanted to be better. I don't know. Mm-hmm. She hung up on me and says, wrong time. And uh, what happened, um, I realized that you call exactly 7, you know. And so even if I had to go to the bathroom, whatever I had to do, I called her at 7 from my cell phone. And um, so I got some discipline in my life. And, and doing the steps, the first three steps we did in the first 30 days. And then I got my flowers. And then I, I could become a sponsor and help somebody else do their first 30 days. And that was exciting. But then we had to do the fourth step. And there was 177 questions. And um, did, I did, we did like four or five at a time. And then, so our, our fifth step was a long, drawn out. But it was, it was honest. And it covered everything. And the amends I had to make, I saw a lot of amends I had to make to myself because I thought I had to do things by myself. I didn't want to bother my mom. She raised 11 children, and she was grandmother, and she was ill a lot, so I didn't ask my mom for help. I was, um, my sisters and um, different ones, they all got my nieces and nephews to babysit for them, but I didn't want to bother them. I don't know if anybody's not a, I don't want to bother person. But that's what we do. We did this thing. And that day that I cried at the first OA meeting, I said, I, someone told me, you're not crying, you're melting. You're melting that I can do it myself stuff is going. And I finally was, every time I would cry, I'd feel a little bit more like I need you. And um, so I started asking for help. I asked for, um, I asked people to, um, at the 30 days, someone asked me to be their sponsor. And I said, I can't be a sponsor. I've only got 30 days. And she says, well, your sponsor told me that you could put me through the first 30 days because I had some 12-step behind me. 
And, you know, being able to tell someone who I was and, and what I've done and what I haven't done. And I found that I wasn't the bad person that I thought I was. I wasn't half as bad as I just thought I have to clean house. You know, and when you clean house, you throw out the garbage. You don't go back in the garbage can and pull it back out. You leave it there. Unless you're no reader <laughs> and it's something special. No, but if you're in a disease. <laughs> but if you're not in a disease, you, you know, once you put that garbage out, most, most people will leave it out there. And that's what we do in a fifth step. We don't keep beating ourselves up. And that gives you a relationship with someone. You tell someone you're sorry, like in the uh, ninth step. Um, my husband married me because he never had a family. And my thoughts were when I met him, this is a relationship building, right? I met him on a Friday night, and we got married two, two months later. And I had six children, and he had none. And he had no family, and I had a giant family. So we had nothing in common, except he was sober and a wonderful man. And um, he wanted to, I guess he was, his relationship with me was, I'm going to rescue her. You know, I love children, I love her. And my thought was, oh, my God, he can go places. We can do things because he's, you know, he, he has a lot of friends and all this. So we get married. He comes home. He quits, he quits golfing. He quits bowling. He quits everything. I said, what's this? He says, well, now I have a family to come home to. And I said, but I don't want to be home. <laughs> so, you, you know, the, the things in OA, it, it, it tells you, you know, you have to ask the person what they want or what they're expecting. We went for counseling for a year with that. And um, we... Um, so we, we've, we've gone up and down, and, and even my eating, um, I have to say I, I didn't help him much because I was the buyer of all that stuff that he wanted, and I was trying to be good. It's not good and bad. It's sick and well. So we don't have to you know, judge ourselves, and that's somebody that I had to do a lot of amends to is for judging myself and being you know, the mouthy person. Or I remember um, my kids, uh, I was my, just new in, in a way, and um, come home from meeting, and I was eating. It was before I got a sponsor, but I was eating properly. I was eating three meals a day and doing what I thought I was supposed to be doing because I knew what they told me, and I was going to do it. And my son come in and said something to me, and I raged at him. And I never raged or swore like that. And he says, God, Mom, you know, and I sat there. And I had to make an amends immediately. I sat there, and I says, you know, I'm doing something I never did before. I'm doing something somebody told me would work, and I'm really sorry that I took it out on you because it's a hard thing. It's the hardest thing I ever did in my life was to be, to do something someone else told me to do, and do it um, the best of my ability. And I had to, I had to say amends to myself. I wasn't, I didn't know about resting. I didn't know about taking care of myself. I remember, um, well, at, at 240 pounds, my knees were work, weren't, weren't doing well. My back had just been surgerized, surgery. And um, since I've been in OA the last eight years, everything that could happen happened. I had double breast um, surgery. I had my son passed away a week later. And it was just like, whoa. And then we lost our house in 2013. It went for, um, it was sold. And we had to move and we found a place. And God worked in our lives. And it wasn't, you know, someone says, well, why didn't you tell me you were going through that? I said, because I didn't think. That was important to you right now. Right now, I just have to put it in God's hands. And all these people were worrying about me, and everything fell through. Everything went went perfect. Um, so God was was the answer. Um, with the with um, 
make it men's. When you have eight children, you gotta have a men's about something. You had to do something wrong, you know. <laughs> and uh, my kids, uh, they were they were watching me lose weight. My son called. My husband was losing weight too. And and this you the incredible shrinking parents, you know. And uh, we kind of lived in that for a while. And I did lose ninety pounds in eight months, so that was a shocker. And um, but I, I had the surgery and I had new breasts and a- added stuff and so I'm not. <laughs> I did, you know my my sponsor says yeah just ask Alice. Her breasts weigh ten pounds, <laughs> so I allowed an extra ten pounds to come back. <laughs> so um, those are the kind of things that you, and, and you don't have to. Um, and you know and, and the same sponsor did not work for me forever because I got active in um, in service. And then I was busy in service, and I kind of had left some of my friends. And um, the relationships I have today are so precious. My friend Nancy uh, calls me every day. You know, they say when you're new, you'd call your sponsor every day. She calls me every day, except sometimes on weekends. But I know when that phone rings at 730, it's, it's Nancy. And we might just say, hi, have a nice day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. But it's, it's that person cares enough to call me. And uh, my girlfriend, um, Heather, she... Um, she wanted to do an exercise, and I want to do exercise, but my, I, my knees and my feet can't take exercise very well. But I was doing water aerobics, and that worked. And there's no, you know, there's no bad things happening when you do water aerobics. So water takes all that tension and all that, that weight to it. And um, so she joined the gym for the first time in her life and started going regular with me. And we've been doing that for, I think, two years, almost two years now. And um, so we see each other. We go. Someone says, well, "What do you do in the morning?" I says, "Well, I go to water aerobics, and um, then I go to coffee with my friend. <laughs> then I go to an OA meeting." <laughs> and so um, my mornings are busy. You know, I'm retired, sort of. And um, so when I got a job, I, got, I, I did an amends to myself. I, I got a job, and I told them, "This is what I can do. These are the hours I will work." And they were so respectful of that. That. Um, I didn't have to say I can't come to, to, to a meeting or I can't sponsor you or I can't talk. They were all within, within the spectrum of, of what's going on. So I don't have to apologize to people for not being anywhere. I don't have to, um, I, don't, I don't do things that are mean. I, don't, I just don't. And um, it saves me nine steps <laughs> and ten steps. And um, the amends that uh, having health and being able to um, know who I am Knowing that laughter is one of my favorite things. Um, uh, driving up here, we were just talking, and, and, and it was like we usually talk real short because we're just on a phone call in the morning, but we got to talk. <laughs> and so I, I really think that um, these steps, the fifth step especially, getting rid of the garbage, get rid of it all, just be done. And nobody's better than you, and you're not better than anybody. And things that you've done wrong, other people have done them, didn't even think they were wrong. You know, and things that they've done wrong, you say, that's nothing. (laughs) So um, feel free to, you know, get relationship. And that relate, I was thinking about the word relationship. And it's like, relate means that we understand each other, that we know the good and the bad. And and that's that's the humility of us, that we know who we are and they know who they are. If we're taking a fifth step. And then the ship we get on together because we're just the same. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you very much, Alice. Um, I think we're going to keep circulating this ask it basket around. See, would you mind dropping that off? 
let's just keep that circulating until the end of the session because some questions might occur to you. And just a reminder, there are still dinner tickets for tonight and breakfast tickets for tomorrow morning if you're interested at the registration room. And then when Miss C is ready, we will pass it on for you to close us up. Good afternoon, OA family. Hope you're doing well. Hi. I'm Z, compulsive overeater. Hi. And thank you, um, Susan, for your lovely share, and Alice, your lovely share as well. I got a lot of pearls of wisdom shining down. Um, I went to my first OA meeting July of uh, 1994. I was 16, and um, I have the journal that I wrote in. It was a it was a Tuesday night 5:30 meeting in Claremont, um, from Montclair, California. And it was about the 11th step meditation. So how I first heard about OA, um, I, my best, I met my best friend and um, doing theater. She's a dancer, and I'm an actress, um, musical theater performer. And so um, she, her mom, when we'd go over sleepovers, her mom would say, now girls, I have to go to my OA meeting. And... And I thought, you know, when I, when I get to be 16 and I'm going to ask mom if I could borrow the car and go to, go to an OA meeting or whatever, Overeaters Anonymous. And so um, that's what I did that day because I was, had a breakup and, you know, all the stuff I was going through. I was going to get ready to start my senior year. So to make a long story short, I've, um, I've gone and program off and on, off and on, and I'm maintaining a 140-pound weight release. And thank you. And I couldn't do that without OA. And I've been maintaining it now for five years. And that's the miracle. Um, because I've lost 100 pounds before. And um, just doing inventories, I probably have lost 400 pounds. And I have gained 400 pounds um, in my lifetime, 37. So it's it's been... Um, it's been a journey. I am three years abstinent, and um, I hope you guys don't have to wait like 20, oh gosh, 21, year, 21 years or 17 years to get abstinent three years consecutively, but that's my journey, and um, I'm the, I am the real, the, the real um, compulsive overeater, and um, in terms of anorexia and bulimia, I am the moderate. So I got sick um, uh, with my anorexia, my bulimia, like the doctor and, and all this stuff. And so I was able to, to stop. Um, and with the exercise bulimia, I uh, was working at an amusement park, a really famous amusement park. It's being taped, so I don't want to and I, um, if you want to know where, you can ask me after. But, um, and I got hurt because I thought, okay, it's 90, 95 degrees. 
I'd get up at 4.30 in the morning, do my half an hour aerobics, and then I'd say, oh, I'm going to get to do my character work. And what I'll do on break is I'll leave the costume on and I'll do leg lifts and things like that. I mean, it was just, you know, just thinking about it. I'm like, and everyone else is just, you know, sitting back and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I really want to, you know, you know, lose weight and things like that. And they're like, what are you talking about? You look great. You've been working on this. Take a break. It's 100 degrees. It's summer. So, um, but that's just the insanity of where I go. And I passed out um, my, my photo album. It has me from three days old to the age I am now because that is how I like you to get to know me. That's how I'm forming a relationship. <laughs> and then I have um, this side I had passed out. Um, <clears throat> the first page, I named my disease. His name is Antonio Manja, because <laughs> Manja means to eat in Italian. My mom helped me come up with that. And so, so I found a picture of Maximum from Dancing with the Stars. And so you'll see him on there. Oh, my gosh. And then I found this lady. I don't know who he's dancing with, but she has, like, my skin tone, and I cut my head out, and I put my head on her body. You'll see it. And then, um, and that's how I am with my illness. I'm, like, he's just dancing me around, and I'll just go wherever, and, you know, we're just, it's just, and then on the back, I did put the foods that are my ecstasy foods, because I'm not going to talk about the ecstasy food, but when I'm, even if like, um, for example, I'm, it's, you know, we're having Thanksgiving dinner and I start to talk about a particular item. I mean, my family looks at me, I'm just like going on. And then when it comes out of the oven and then you just, I mean, I'm like almost like tearing up about it and I'm just, Hey, that's me. And, and I'm not alone. And, um, so I cannot have not one bite of that food. I have to think about the worst thing that could happen. My, 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 something terrible happens. If something terrible would happen to my, my baby, my nephew, Noah, you'll see him in there. I cannot take that bite of that food because that's not what he'd want for me. And I don't want, and God does not want that for me. I had to think that way. And I prayed nothing ever happens to my boy, but it's like, it has to be a life or death situation because I have done everything you can possibly imagine to control this weight. And, um, so I just, um, it's, uh, and, and, and I list the behaviors like, um, like going to different fast food restaurants and like ordering like a kid's meal at one restaurant and then going to another restaurant and ordering the value meal, you know, and, and, and just, you know, ordering two sodas so that they don't know that I'm going to eat all of that stuff. And, you know, it's just like, when I look at the things I ate, I'm just like, oh, I care about myself. Now I have a a relationship with myself and that's, that's through the steps and that's, that's with my, my higher power. The, the 12 steps help me. They're tools too. They help me 
get connected and have a spiritual connection with my higher power. God bless you. With my higher power. That that's what these steps do. And so I can make a mistake. And instead of me, my, instead of me saying, I'm a piece of, I can say, you know what? We made a mistake. It's okay. You know, and it's, it's so nice because the person that I have to make an, a living amends to is myself. I mean, I would, I think I would be put in jail for the things that I've said to myself, the way that I've eaten to the point of passing out. I mean, I would, you know, I was, I would drive home on like a sh- so doped up on sugar. I wouldn't even know how did I get home. And why do I have all these rap? What what did I do? I mean, just it's just wow. And um, so, one of uh, chapter six is step five starts off on chap- with chapter six, and and I'm talking about the the um, Alcoholics Anonymous, the big book, and step five starts on pages it's seventy two to seventy six. And, um, in what step five admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs, step five offers me to speak my truth and the fourth step inventory. And, and please, if you're like step five and it's so overwhelming, there are four steps before you get to step five. Cause I used to be like that. What? And, 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 and I would tell my sponsor and she'd say, Z. What step are we on? Three. Let's just stay on that step. So it'll come become a lot clearer. And then the second time that I worked the steps in depth, it gets even more clear. And then you start, I started saying, oh my gosh, you know, Bill, he, he's totally like me. Here I thought, what do I have in common with this Caucasian gentleman and, you know, he fought in World War One and all that. What? I don't. Yes, we are like this, you know. I mean, I didn't go to World War One, but I, when I went to UC or Irvine and I transferred, I had all this calamity and there was foreboding going on, you know. And it's like, uh, yeah, I totally, I get it. Bill, you know, so the fourth step inventory brought new insights and understanding. That's the OA 12 and 12 page 45. And then on page 46, step five, I see the part I have played in creating my misfortunes. Like for example, Ryan, my, my ex-boyfriend. Well, it didn't work out with us because thank you. We started, um, dating when we were 16 and then he he's gay so it's not working out but but when i did the fifth step i'm think you know i used to be so angry i'm thinking this poor guy here i am trying to be this good girlfriend and everything and da, 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 and he's like oh i just don't feel this way i i don't you know he's battling his own thing so my guy, Ryan, he's my best friend. So we're going to that amusement park because he works there and we get in for free. And he's upset. Something's happened. And he does his Ryan-isms. And I could have seen a time where I would have started up, 
you know, like, oh, you know, like, and then we would have been arguing. And then we would not have had fun in the park. Like, we were watching a parade. And, oh, no, no. When we're going down the thing, I'm trying to say, we're, we're driving to the place. I'm trying to think positively. And he says, Zuffle, because that's my, my nickname, Z. Zuffle, can you just stop being Mary Poppins? You know, can I, I, can you just tell me that life sucks? And then I, you know what I did? I was just quiet. And I listened. I said, you know what? You're right. Right now, it's hard. And I just listened to him. Before, I would have been like, that is so mean, Ryan, calling me Mary Poppins. And now, I'm like, wow, because I'm not Mary Poppins all the time. That's a really good compliment, you know? And so next time, I'm going to say, Ryan, that's the nicest thing, really, he, anyone's ever said. But before, I would have just, oh, my goodness. I can't believe, just total victim mode, you know? And so step five gives me, you know, I'm, uh, a new way of thinking. But also, it also, I can pause. And when he's not upset, I can tell him, you know, Ryan, I know that my car's name is Buttercup. She's not all fancy. And, you know, her window's down. and she, I call it her wink. But where is Buttercup taking us? Buttercup is taking us to have fun. And you and you ask if I can if you could get a ride to work. Who's taking you to work? Buttercup is taking you to work. The car. So please don't insult her. I mean, <laughs> seriously, you know, it's like you, you know, and I can do that not when I'm in temper, but later when he's not in temper and I'm not in temper. And we had such a fun time, and I listened to him, and he, he, he did his Ryanisms, you know. But we can—we're older now. We're—we're both—he's—we're both, he's, we're both uh, seventy-seven babies. So it's like we can—I don't have to be a victim, and I don't have to um, have all the answers right away. And um, let's see. There's, there's. Do I have three minutes? Oh, okay. So, and then step nine, um, step nine on page 83 of the big book, step nine, it, it equals the promises. And step nine, it frees me from the shackles of my past mistakes. It is important to discuss the amends process with the sponsor, OA 12 and 12, page 76. Please, I, I usually don't offer any advice but just like I, I get on my knees to ask my students to please use scratch papers, scratch paper when they're taking a math test, please, you know, talk it over like your amends I, with a sponsor because, you know, your thought, you know, like what you're thinking, people don't know. Or you might think you have done something to wrong something and they don't even know, you know. So please, it'd be, you know, Talking to a sponsor and, you know, looking at this, like, do I owe this person amends? Things like that. Or to another OA member before. Um, that was something my sponsor stressed to me. When I said, oh, my gosh, I have to go to step five. Do I need to apologize? Z, 
no, let's hold off on that. And I'm so glad that I, that I did because I didn't know an amends to a lot of people because what I was doing was I was apologizing. I would have been apologizing for living. I don't know if that makes any sense, but they, the, the amends, I did nothing. It's like wrong. You know, it's like, um, this, it's like when I, when I stub the chair and I say, excuse me, I do it too. And, and I say, excuse me. I mean, it's like that, like, um, so the purpose of step nine is to clear away guilt and ill will so that I may establish better relationships with people. So I have a better relationship with Ryan today. And when I made my amends and I asked, is there anything, you know, that else? And I asked, how can I make this right? <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, he didn't understand it, but he's like, okay, if this is what you have to do, okay, I, t- I don't get it. But I know that he sees that I'm a different person. And I know my family does. My mom, definitely. My brother. Because I'm accepting of who they are. God bless you. Who they are as people. And I'm not trying to be codependent upon them and be, you know, mother Zephel and be the perfect, you know, sister and the perfect mom and to take care of this. I'm, I'm focusing on me and keeping my side of the street clean and being there to listen and be supportive, but not tell them how to run their life because they have a higher power. Even my munchkins, my students have a higher power and it's not me. So. Thanks for letting me share. Oh, I have three minutes. I'm, I, I'm, I'm done, though. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs> oh, this is from for today. And so I... Uh, oh my. Sorry, this is from for today. It's Z again. And... Because they're recording. And, and, um, and I just, like, I... I I, I looked in it to see, like, about, you know, when they're talking about five and nine. So um, hopefully this will just, you know, this is something that I like, I like to give. I'm, I'm a teacher. And it has flowers. Thank you. Thank you very much, Z and Alice and Susan. What a wealth of information and inspiration there. This is the time we will have 10 minutes to address the Ask It Basket and um, question and answers, and then we'll finish up with 10 minutes of sharing. Um, If it's all right with our speakers, I would just like to pose the first question and then have each of you address it if you feel so moved. Um, the question does say each speaker. Please tell us your abstinence and your food plan. Um, Susan, compulsive eater. Um, I have, there's a difference for me between abstinence and food plan. Abstinence is refraining from compulsive overeating. The gift that God gives me, a food plan supports that gift. Um, I generally do three meals a day, nothing in between. I don't have foods that are banned. But I do have foods that have a lot of rules, a lot of boundaries, and that really helps keep things clear. Because if I, uh, my sponsor said if I don't, 
plan, I'm planning to fail. Um, Alice Compulsive Overeater, I, um, I'm, I have a how plan and I eat three meals a day and um, nothing in between. And I, um, I've been abstinent for eight years and seven months. Um, I'm Z, and oh, thank, thank you, Sharon. It's all right. It's okay. And um, so here is Dignity of Choice. It's OA literature. And um, what is helpful for me is um, kind of it's between basic plan one and basic plan two. So basic plan one is, is three meals a day. And there's like, there's no snacks. And basic plan two is um, it's three meals a day with a bedtime snack. So since it's a, a question, I'm not, I'm not endorsing anything, but I had the gastric bypass surgery. So I cannot, you know, eat. Sometimes I can't eat three meals a day and nothing in between because I just can only have a little bit. You know, so that's how come these two plans have really, they've been helpful. I kind of modify with that. So. Thank you. I don't know if you want to come up and speak. The, the uh, microphone cord won't stretch any further than this. The next Ask it Basket question says, I had a sponsee who read me her inventory. After working step six and seven, she told me she burned it. She didn't tell me she was going to do that. How would she then make her step eight list without doing the inventory all over again? Thanks. Hi, I'm Susan Compulsive Eater. Um, I'm a proponent of burning. Um, I, <laughs> um, when I die, I don't want anyone to find those things. Um, I don't put them on digital format either. They go on a pen, paper format. If I, you know, basically my own experience, I couldn't forget the people I had harmed. So if I had a sponsee who had burned without first making a list, I'm pretty sure we could work out an eight so she could do a nine. I'll just add to that. Um, I I think it's 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 helpful to do your to do the steps more than once because you're peeling that onion. And someone had said, um, like the steps, you wanna it's like you wanna take a new like a, a new bath. Like you're 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 changing. You know, I like they said it way better than I'm saying it, but um, along those lines, so. I, I agree. You won't forget, but also, you know, you will work the steps again. So, yeah. Thank you, ladies. The next Ask It Basket question is, what helps you when you want to tell your husband or wife, I presume, how to manage his life, but you know that will make things worse? Well, step nine really helps with that because I don't want to have to go backwards and make an amends for something. And literally, I can feel it coming up. I can feel 
that urge to give unsolicited advice coming up my throat. It's at the back of my teeth. It's about to roll out. And I just pray, you know, I pray that God let me be silent because I love the sound of my own voice. You know, I think I got the best advice and the best advice is generally left back there behind the molars. I agree. (laughs) Um, I know uh, when my husband is always, always asking me opinion and, um, and I give it to him and then he says, you're wrong. (laughs) And, And then he goes to prove me wrong, but I'm not wrong. And I didn't have to say, I told you, but he, he'll say, why do you always have to be right? So it's a, it's a lose-lose, win-win situation. Oftentimes I'll just say, oh, I'm glad you said that. I'll think about it. Or, you know, I, I just can't, I just have to let him be him, you know, and have, give him the dignity to find out his own mistakes. And oftentimes um, I just want to say, you know, his knees are bothering him and his feet are bothering him and he's quite a bit overweight right now. And I won't say, if you lost some weight, it might help. But I just, I just pray for him and I just say, well, I don't know what to say, honey. Because <laughs> it's not going to be a good. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I don't have my guy yet, so we'll see God's will. But um, I think that... What I've learned from, you know, being friends with men and and having a boyfriend is um, that, you know, what you see is what you get and I can't change. I don't want to change, change them. And, um, and, and just accepting that, you know, I'm not going to always get it right. And even just asking, because I'm not a mind reader. I, I don't know. And then sometimes, you know, they have their moods too. And, you know, we're we're opposite sexes. So I don't, you know what I'm saying? So I just think just being, um, just patience and love and tolerance is our code. So... having a personality change as a result of working the steps. It is, is it easier for you to make friends? That is my big challenge. Sure. Hello? Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm an actress too. This is, but can you hear me? Oh, good. Okay. Um, okay, so the question, oh, the personality change. Um, yes, believe it or not, I am, I am afraid of public speaking. (laughs) Like I said, I'm an actress, so being a character is completely different, but, um, yes, so I can't believe that I, 
you know, speak and people ask me to speak. And um, I, I'm really nice to myself, not in a stuck-up way, but I'm really, I really care about myself. And so I really do think that it has been a positive personality change. I think that um, sometimes you do lose connections with friends. Like I said, my best friend um, isn't speaking to me. And so, um, yeah, all I can do is just write an amends, you know, write a letter to her and, um, and pray and wish her well and, um, work the steps around it. So, but that's, that's going to happen because my friends are so used to me doing whatever they wanted. And when I, you know, and now I, I don't do that. I mean, I, I can say no. And I'm, I'm, and I have to say no, and I, and I have to set boundaries. Otherwise, I'm going to be 298 again, and I'm going to be in a lot of physical pain. Thanks. Yeah, um, changing my personality, I was all, I, I'm always trying to look for good things, but um, my husband, every so often, he'll start watching me, and he'll say, "You're funny," because I'll do things different than he thinks they should be done, but they always get done. And um, I just, uh, my family, we used to um, go wherever they wanted to go, the restaurants, whatever. And as soon as they mentioned a restaurant, they oh, no, we can't go there. Mom don't want it. Because I just say, no, I'm not going there. You guys can go, fine. I'm not going. Or, you know, and I'm able to, I'm more decisive, and um, they respect me more. I found that um, I don't care. I just like to have fun. I like to smile. I like to meet people. And and be and losing the weight has changed me because I can move more and I and, and I am doing more things and and they like that, you know. I, I cut when I was kayaking at two forty I fell out of the kayak and my grandkids laughed at me, you know. And now they say, Grandma, you don't fall out of kayaks anymore, you know <laughs> But it's it's those kind of things. They they respect me now now because I say, No, I'm not going. No, I can't be there, I'll I'll send a letter or something. But I, yeah, I'm more decisive. Um, I would say that as a result of working the steps, my personality has been refined. That I, while it might not be easier for me to make friends, it's easier for me to be a friend because I'm not trying to be in charge of the relationship. And I love what you guys said about being able to say no thank you because the first thing that I'm sewing when I refuse to honor what I want, or at least to be honest about it, even if I don't get it, is a resentment. So if I'm asked to do something I can't do, then I get mad at you, which is my fault. Because if I just said, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that, I could have solved a lot of problems right there. So the personality gets refined. And I loved what you said about working the steps over and over again. Because this is a lifelong process. I mean, this is why we got to keep coming back. I mean, I don't want to fall back into the vat of food, but I also want to get feeling better. Thank you. The next to the last question, these are all excellent questions, by the way. Thank you very much for participating in your recovery today. How do you improve your communication skills? listening <laughs> and really waiting till they get done answering. I know um, I used to do 
groups on listening. And um, I just found that instead of in the middle of a sentence when I know what he's going to say, still wait until he gets done talking. The same thing with my kids. They'll say, Mom, could you come over? Um, I said, okay. Didn't even know when, how, where, you know. But if you listen and wait, they'll say two weeks from now. or <laughs> You know, so just listening and waiting for your turn to talk is, has saved me a lot. What's been helpful for me is it's, it's another OA slogan, AA slogan is um, suit up, show up. And then I've, I've added shut it, like my mouth and, and listening and, and, um, and also asking questions because I don't, you know, you know, like, let me clarify, what would you like? Things like that. Um, and just accepting that that person for for who they are, you know. Even like I said, um, I I teach, and um, you know, there's some students that need extra TLC, and um, and sometimes they just want to be heard. But I can't stop or listen to be heard. So what they do is they decide they're going to crawl on the floor, and like shut it down but if at recess time I pull them aside and I talk to them then when they come back you know a lot of the times they're 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 not they 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 got what what they needed so the listening has been a skill that I seem not to have been born with um, so learning to listen and not formulate the answer before I know what the question is or before you ask me to solve your problem because sometimes you just need to talk. So one of the best things that program has taught me is to say, did you want feedback? And, you know, my husband sometimes just needs to tell me about something that happened at work. He doesn't need me to solve the whole corporation's problems. So... <laughs> Thank you very much. The final wonderful question is um, really lovely. One best tip by each of the three speakers. That is to say, what is your mission statement? And it's signed, thank you, with a big heart. I would have to say um, is be the hand and heart of recovery. You know, to be available to people when they're ready to hear about OA. To share my story and not rush it down their throat. You know, I need to listen without judgment and be available because there's a solution to the food problem, you know, that will give us a life. So I think the best tip is to, to be alert and to ask people how they are and um, to say yes when I can. Working the steps is real important um, because once you get to know yourself and start loving yourself, then you can love others. It really makes a difference. Um, for me, it'd be to be of maximum benefit to my higher power, who I choose to call God, me, and my fellows. And I suffer from chronic pain. So if I'm suffering from chronic pain and it's a day where it's really, really hard. It's just I'm working and I need to go home and lay down. My maximum benefit is 
to, t- to, to work with my sponsee that calls me in the evenings or to go to the meeting because I am secretary or, or, um, or to, um, take an outreach call. So that kind of changes in terms of your maximum benefit. And as I, as I grow with program, it'll be, it'll be different. So thank you. Thank you very, very much, ladies. Um, let's see. We This is our opportunity for sharing for th- no more than three minutes. We actually only have time for about three shares max. So I would um, invite any burning desires. Um, let's see what else. And there is, we do have our spiritual timer. We'll let you know how you're doing. And please remember to sign the um, release form up here if you do share because your voice will be on the audio CD. Do we have anyone who would like to share your experience, strength, and hope? Participate in your recovery today? I'll give you another moment. All right, then. Um, I have a moment I would like to share with us. And this is from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is our founding program. And um, by the grace of God, I have 15 years sobriety in Alcoholics Anonymous. So that's how I knew that this program works, if you work it, when I hit my bottom. And I'm still hitting my bottom, and, but I'm bouncing back. So that's where I am at right now. So from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it reads, Our program is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the person who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you for participating. And we're going to close with the OA promise, which I still haven't memorized. I don't know about the rest of you. I think there's enough of us. We can probably make a circle and hold hands. And I should have asked for a final round of appreciation for our three speakers. (laughs) 